pasado por su casa, que ha venido porque quiere ser feliz. Good morning. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, where it is Wednesday, December 17, 2014. This will be our last broadcast of the year, and the next time that we talk to you, we will be in 2015. I uh, want to welcome all the listeners and uh, especially thank Brandon Ortega, the station manager, and also all the faculty support that we get from the University of Colorado and Colorado Springs uh, for sponsoring the program. And uh, today we, I'm coming to you live from Avon, Indiana, where it's very cold and it started snowing. So we're getting a little snow. And uh, so we, we certainly are in the, uh, the beginning of winter here in Indianapolis and in the Indianapolis area. Um, today we are very uh, fortunate to have with us uh, a guest who really, really uh, is an expert on, on world languages and, uh, and practices what he preaches uh, because he happens to be fluent in uh, many languages, as you'll find out as we talk. And his name is David David Sampere, and David is coming to us live from Bordeaux in France, where it's four in the afternoon, and here in Indianapolis, it's uh, 10 in the morning. Uh, so David, David, good afternoon and good morning from Indianapolis. So uh, good to have you on the program. Uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about where you work, live, and what you do? Hello, Tom. Thank you for this opportunity to share the Stone World Language Coffee. Uh, we know each other for quite a long time, and now I'm speaking with you from France, my new destination. I, what I do, what's my job? I work on the marketing and development department of a French school. I used to sell and organize the study abroad, abroad programs for students from all around the world. My main duty is to be the link to manage the relations between the U.S. universities or the different agencies around the world and the school in order to provide them the course or the program their students are looking for. We organize courses for all kinds of students from 13 years old to 90. With cooking, just the language, we organize every kind of courses. We also provide the accommodation. So uh, we can consider France Land, the school where I'm working, as a all organizer for your future stay in France, just for holidays, for culture, for university. That's that's my job. Uh, and I, David, now how many students are at the school at a given time? Uh, that would be studying at the school? Yearly, we receive between 6,000 and 6,500 students to each to the, or, or the schools. We have uh, five destinations with seven different schools, and I consider that a, a good number of students. For the U.S. especially, we receive around 200 students every year from the U.S., now, uh, what's the name of the school for the listeners? The school is France Langue, France Langue. You just need to check it on the internet, on Google, and it's one of the most famous French schools in France. We work with universities, 
So the, on that side, we are working also on the, on the states, and we work and we receive students from all around the world, from Argentina to Korea or South Africa to Sweden. We receive students from all around the world. Uh, David, we were, we're really excited that you're on the program, uh, especially from the standpoint of uh, being a representative of the French language. Um, how important is French throughout the world? Do, do you view the French as, uh, you obviously must consider it one of the top and most important languages. Uh, why is it so important that, to learn French? French is really important from a cultural point of view because the French history has affect all the history around the world. Also because it's the, depend how you consider it, you know statistics are never right or wrong. It could be considered the sixth language spoke all around the world after Chinese, English, Spanish. So it's the fifth. And especially in Europe, is one of the most important languages because all the government of the European Union is based all in Bruxelles, where they speak French, or in Strasbourg, what is in France. So in that side, is really important. And also, if you want to just basically the literature, there is no literature without Emile Zola, without Victor Hugo, Rousseau, philosophy, the French Revolution, who organize or who decide the future in Europe. And if we go to the States, we cannot forget that France was part of the, well, the state was a colony of France. Just check with Louisiana, Baton Rouge, all the different names, New Orleans, all the different names you will found in the, in the states that come from the French. The, um, uh, obvious question comes to mind as to why, uh, and how you got interested in, in, uh, language learning and travel and, and uh, did that just come natural to you, or? We can say it really come natural to me because I born in a language school. Because my family had a Spanish language school in Spain. They have five schools. And then I've only be, always been on a language school with students from all around the world. I went to a French school. When I finished the school, I went to England and to France for doing my universities. I've been traveling all around the world with my father. So language and traveling is a really big part of my training or my teaching period, but also one of my favorite hobbies, if we can consider it a hobby, because sometimes it's too expensive to be a hobby. <laughs> but yes, I think uh, traveling is is part of my life. I spend over 100 days a year out of my country or out of France. What Now, what about your family? Uh, do you have children? And could you tell us a little about uh, that and uh, your wife? Okay, yes, I, I'm married and I got a kid who is one year old. We, all of us, three of us live here in France, but we are all the three of us Spanish. My wife, she's from Madrid, like me, and my son, even if he has been living in France for over one year, we get back to Spain to give birth or to have the, the kid. 
to be sure he will be Spanish, at least on the passport. And also to why we decide to move to France is to give him the opportunity to be bilingual when he will be five and trilingual when he will be 12. So that's a great opportunity when you don't need to learn a language because you just live on the language, in the language. Yes, and, that, and that's wonderful advice for the listeners uh, who might be interested in studying more languages, that you never can know enough languages either. So um, and, and learning a language definitely makes you another person uh, that you're able to communicate uh, in a different language. Um, what, what's your job like, David, a typical day, for example? A typical day, I will say, I have two kinds of days. The days when I'm traveling, who is a third of my year, when I'm visiting the different agencies or institutions around the world, promoting the school or organizing these courses, presenting to students what we do, how we do it, why they should come to us to learn the language, who are finally the most interesting days. And then we have the typical back office day in front of a computer. There is no two days who are the same, finally, because, as I used to say, I am the fireman. If everything goes right for a typical student, it just goes to the registration, and the students arrive to the school, everything is perfect. But each time there is a small issue, could be something with the family, the level of the course, any question that the students may have, that's when I, I get in contact with them once they are in France. Now, so, mm-hmm. yes, Tom, well, tell me. What, why is it important to be bilingual? Why, why would you, what are the three top reasons? I will not close it to bilingual. I will say multilingual, mm-hmm. because bilingual is just the beginning of it. Yes. Correct, and that's good. Good advice. Excellent advice. Uh, why? Why do we need? To why you need to learn or to speak other language? First thing is because the world is smaller. Now, for the, on a working point of view, you will be on competition once you look for your job to people from all around the world. There is no longer barriers now. With a passport, you can be in twenty-four hours or less. On the, other, on the other point of the world. There is no longer barriers. And business are globally. Now, the globalization doesn't matter if your concurrent is in China, in the state, in Mexico, or wherever. You need just to, to, be, to do business. After that, for the culture, uh, to read. If you read a book on your language, the translation could be great. I will not criticize that. But when you read a book on the language it has been writing down, it is also available for the films, you will feel it or you will understand it differently because the author, the, the writer, is using his own, uh, his own language. Then he can express much more than a translation. That's for sure. And for every bilingual or Spanish teacher, French teacher that you know in the States, they use this language or these films, and you see the same film on two languages, and it may be different words, it's not just a, a translation. And uh, finally, is for the travelings and meeting people. When 
you are able to speak not a lot but to communicate with one person you don't know on the on the language he is used to speak the communication is always easier and it's also available when you are moving around or someone from abroad is coming to your country or you meet them in a, in another place if you are able to speak in english and spanish you can travel all america or south america or the north america south america most of europe if you and uh, if you already speak french you can go also to africa or the north north part of africa it was a french colony then you have all these countries to discover on a language where you can just communicate with the native without any barrier any frontier and that's the most important thing uh, david uh, now you speak spanish french and english is that correct and do you know any other languages i will say i speak portuñol who is my portuguese inventor but it's worse when you are on a taxi in brazil but no if you mean really speak i speak just french spanish and english could you say um, uh for example why is it important to be bilingual could you say that in spanish french and english see porque es importante ser bilingüe la frase do you want the sentence or do you want the explanation no, just the sentence uh -huh. Just the sentence. Then I will say, pourquoi il est important d'être bilingue? Pourquoi est important de ser bilingue? Or pourquoi it's important to be bilingue? Okay, excellent. Now, the listeners, I'm sure you zeroed in on that. Uh, David is very, very fluent in three languages. And as he said, he's multilingual, not just bilingual, multilingual, which is really a wonderful, wonderful uh, gift and to have in this day and age. Uh, this other item that we were going to talk about a little bit here, another item, is the good and bad of technology. Why is technology so important today? And does it have a good and a bad side as far as your, your thinking goes? I will say the good thing of technology is, for example, that we are now speaking. So I will say that's a really good advantage to be able to use Skype, WhatsApp, emails, all these things. It gives the possibility to communicate with other people in other places around the world just immediately. I, I remember when my father has his first mobile phone or the beginning of the emails. You understand? Before that, when you got the, the letters, it takes one week to arrive the letters from the States, four days from Europe, then everything goes slowly. Then that's a, a good advantage, the, the speed of communication. What's the bad of technology? I will say it gives you a infinite, no, no limits connection. That means that the holidays are no longer holidays because you, you cannot go without your mobile phone. And if you are with your mobile phone, that means you are in contact with your friends, but also with your business. Then on that side, not having anything, at, final, at least for me. And another bad thing I, is that people is stopping to learn so many things, because now you consider that with an app on your mobile phone, you can just 
use it as a dictionary or not even a dictionary, as a translator. So you don't need to learn the meaning of the word because you can just tap it on your mobile phone, show it to the person in any other country and you don't need to do this effort. And people, I think, spend too much time in front of a screen and the touch of the paper is really important. I mean, I used to read, I read quite a lot, and I love comics. A comic on a screen is not so funny as a comic on paper. And that's, that's something that the, the technology is taking us out. These old books that your grandfather, grandparents can, could have at home, the libraries, now everything is on a screen, and that's something I, I don't really appreciate. Uh, so what would you say then to the, um, uh, this uh, role of traveling today? Uh, you've talked about it being important. Uh, so it's important for the, for the students and the adults to visit countries, learn about cultures, and, and learn how to express themselves and communicate in another language. Uh, are there any other benefits that you can think of? I, I think the biggest benefit is not only the language, who obviously is an enormous benefit, but is that when you travel abroad, they open your mind. It's like a, a crack on your, on your head when you are used to do the same thing as your friends or the same thing as your father used to do or your nation, your country. And once you go to a different country, you discover there are other ways to do the things. There are things who are the same, things who are different. Any of them is right or wrong. They are just different. But to do a, a trip, especially if you spend a term, three months, four, six months, when you leave the culture, when you consider yourself part of the city, you, you discover a new person in you. And that's if you have any contact with students who have been doing these study abroad programs for six months or one year, the person who comes back is not the same person who takes the brain from the States to the other country or from some country to another because he discovered a new personality on him. He's no longer on his safety zone. And to be outside the safety zone where you need to deal with the issues by yourself that gives you maturity, for sure, proactivity, because you cannot just wait that someone solves the problem for you. You cannot just call your daddy and say, oh, I got this problem, please do it for me. You need to wake up and learn to walk by yourself, to do the things by yourself. That's the most important thing. Yeah, e excellent, excellent point. Uh, what are your two favorite Spanish-speaking countries to visit? And... Uh... I will say I discovered last year Colombia, and Colombia was beautiful, great. Obviously, the first one will be Spain, no doubt about that. I'm, I'm Spanish. I love, I love, I love more than loving Madrid. Madrid is the best place in the world. But after that, I will say Ecuador is a great place. I cannot just take two of them. Ecuador is great. It's a beautiful country. You have the wet forest, the raining forest. You've got the Andes. You've got the Pacific. Colombia, culturally and dancing is beautiful. And there is a lot of bad publicity about Colombia. 
and it's not dangerous. Obviously, you can find problems everywhere, but Colombia is, is a great destination. Mexico. I know a little of them. Little I know Guadalajara, DF, Monterrey, Chihuahua. But it's too big to know all of them, and it's also a great destination. Argentina. I've never been, but I hear beautiful things about them. Then if I have only to choose two of them, I will say Spain and Ecuador, because Ecuador, I really love it. Now, what are your two favorite cities in France, and why? In France, I will say Bordeaux, because that's why I decided to live here. It's a small city. It's 300,000 inhabitants. Then it's easy living. It's quite clear. They have an international airport. It's not too expensive. And it's very nice for be with a family. And the second one, I will say Paris, because Paris will always be Paris. And I love this city uh, for holidays. Personally, I will. I don't want to live in Paris because it's too big, it's too expensive, too much stress. And I come from a big city, but Paris is in another level. But you have everything you want in Paris. Museums, cinemas, art, galleries, parks, everything is in Paris. That's why I will choose this two city model and then Paris. What now? What are your f three favorite sports? Uh, I would guess one of them would be soccer. I will say I'm not, compared to most uh, Spaniards or Spanish, I'm not very football. I'm not very soccer. I will much more rugby. When I was a kid at the school, I used to play rugby. My brother used to play rugby. Then I'm much more rugby man and not American football. Real rugby. Than, than soccer. After that, I will say swimming. I always love swimming, diving, snorkeling, or water sports. And finally, I will go for skiing. Okay. That will be my three sports. And what about your, your two favorite hobbies? Hobbies, I love to do cooking. I love to do the, the dinners at home because it relaxes me a lot. And now I'm learning French cuisine mixing it with the Spanish cuisine, and it's great. And after, I love traveling. I, I used to say that my business trip is not only business, it's what I call business plus, because finally the trips I'm do here for, I do them for working, but I enjoy to move around the cities to get lost, more or less, around the different countries, discover the food, and as I say, when you speak the language, it's easier because you can speak with the people. I remember I was in Colombia, who may not be the safest country in the world, but as you can speak Spanish, you can just speak with the people, tell them what they recommend, what's typical on these restaurants, and be able to meet people on a bar, to share a food, to share a drink, and not just the typical drink that any touristic tourist will take, no, you don't stay on the mojitos, you go for the real things on the, on each country, then I, I, I love traveling, and it's something I, I would love to do it more often, but I need to work. Your two favorite singers of all time, who are your two favorite singers? Singers, I will, singers or groups, I will say Jimi Hendrix. I, I love what I can call the classical rock, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stone, 
or this or this music and much modern i will say sabina joaquin sabina i love the, the songs that's much more a singer and i love the, the song the message he can send with the with the songs and the lyrics and then what about uh, your most favorite day of the week is that friday or monday I suppose it's Friday, like for everyone. <laughs> and why? I don't think you need to explain why everyone loves, uh, <laughs> loves Friday. The only problem with Friday is it's too close to the Monday. Too close to what? It's too close to Monday. From Friday to Monday, you only have oh, two days. But from true. Monday to have Friday, you have five days. Yeah. That's the only issue. Okay. But yes, obviously, I love Fridays. And especially Friday afternoon. Now, who was your favorite all-time teacher that inspired you in school? Did you ever have yeah, one? I, yeah, did I you? was thinking about this question because I have to admit I've never been a good student. I'm, I can consider myself quite lazy. Then I want to do, I do the things well, but as quick as possible. And as a teacher, I don't know if I can consider my father as the teacher because I learned much more things from my father, who was a teacher, than from the teacher I used to go to at the school. That's when I was a, a student. After that, on the, during my MBA, I got a, a strategic teacher who was great, who gave me a lot of ideas, but it was much more an adult relation, not as a kid when you, heard, you got a teacher who impressed you. Then I will say, my father. Yeah, I, the, the I was fortunate enough to have known your father, and, and I would second that. I think he was a teacher all the time. I think he taught teachers. He was just a natural teacher that uh, no matter what he did, he was able to teach as well. You know, it wasn't just, you know, him imparting some information, but it, he had a, a skill about him of a teacher. It was just a natural, and, uh, and I think he helped so many teachers because of that. Uh, it, you know, that uh, traveled around the world. And, and your father was, as you said, a great, great teacher. Um, what about the, your three favorite movies of all time? That's really difficult because I love films. I mean, I used to or download or do it by streaming, but if I don't watch eight to ten films every week, I don't watch any of them. Then I will say Joe's from Spielberg because it's a great movie and I, and I love this movie and I love sharks. And after that, it's really difficult to decide. I mean, I know if you ask me about Cars films, I will say maybe Six, Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage and Angelina, uh, Angelina Jolie who was great for the Cars. The movie was not so good, but the Cars were great. Uh, if we go for the uh, science theme, I saw last week or two weeks ago Transcendence from with uh, it was Johnny Depp was a really great movie, but I don't like so much the blockbusters as Matrix or or this kind of too commercial films where there is nothing to think about and obviously Dump and Dumber with Jimmy Carrey when I was. I mean, it was 14 years ago or 15, 20 years ago, the first one. It was really funny, you know. I mean, that's 
when you are 15 or 16, that was a funny film. Did, uh, now, would you say that um, in France, for example, for the listeners, what about um, the customs in France? Are there a lot of them that are different, for example, from the United States? What would you say some of the customs are that the American people would uh, maybe have some difficulty with? I think when you speak about difficulties, I always think that there is no difficulties. There is only people who don't want to adapt to the new country. Okay. For example, I will say that something is really different is the size of the houses and the apartments. But that's in all Europe compared to the States, where there is a lot of people who live in houses, and in, the, in Europe, you live in an apartment. Also, the public transportation in the States, set two or three big cities, the underground, the buses, are not used by everyone. The most common thing is to spend your day or the day on your car, and in France, that's just impossible, or in Spain, it's just impossible, because you will be all the day in a, in a traffic jam. The distance. Here, we everything is closer in Europe, especially in Bordeaux. I live in the north border of the city, as in, and it's three kilometers, who is two miles away from my, my office, who is in the city center. And I used to work to go by, by foot from the school to home or home to the school. And that's something in the state is not so common, to go work into the different places. I will also say the markets. Every Sunday, there is a big market on the street compared to the normal or what I know in the States where everyone goes to Target or Walmart and everything is manufactured. I mean, I don't know when was the last time you get some sand on your letters because everything has been cleaned 12 times and there is no longer this natural thing. That's what I will say. Yeah, as, as different. yeah I, I totally agree with you on, the, on the, a lot of the things in Europe and the distances, the houses, and uh, in the U.S., how everything is, most of our culture is predicated on car, right? To get around in a car because of the distances. The distances are so long to, to get somewhere. I, and where I'm living now, I have to, it takes me five, ten minutes at least in a car to get anywhere where there's a store or, or places to get things. So, and if you were walking, uh, you probably could do it maybe one day, but then the rest of the week you'd probably be recovering <laughs> from a five-mile or ten-mile walk, you know. So, uh, it's uh, it, you're totally correct. David, I want to thank you so much for being here, and I have one more question before I leave uh, and before we... Uh, finish our show what uh, what's christmas like there in in, Bo in bordeaux is it uh, same as here a little bit or different or i think it's a little different compared to the states because in the state you love to do this biggest decoration around the houses and everyone is is buying a, as a crazy people with a black friday here in europe I will say not so much in France because they are Republicans, then they, they are atheists, but in Spain there is much more around, not Santa Claus, 
but much more about the, the birth of the Christ, the Epiphany, and the three magic kings. I don't know how you say that in, the, in English. The three wise men. Uh-huh. Wise men, okay. <laughs> magic king is maybe yeah. a too big translation. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in France, the decoration is much sober than you can see in the States. And uh, there is Christmas market, yes, but it's not for massive buying, massive shopping. It's just small little things related to the, to the nativity. You got the, the trees, you got the, the crosses, the... Los nacimientos. I don't know how you say that in French. It's more in English. The, the crib scenes. Crib scenes. Crib scenes. Okay, thank you. Today I learned something more. Every day you learn something. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the main difference what about, compared to the States. What about New Year's Eve? Is it similar to Madrid or, uh, or the US? New Year's Eve is, is a party everywhere. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve... In Spain, you got the tradition of having these 12 grapes. In France, they do 12 uh, coups, 12 knots on the, on the table. And it's, in France, it's much more a French party. Then you got the dinner between your friends. And in Spain, it's much more a family party. That's the, the big difference. And after, like everywhere, at one o'clock, everyone is having fun in a disco with some drinks and some music. Okay. David, I want to thank you so much for being on the program and enlightening, enlightening the listeners about world travel, about learning French especially. And we're elated to have some an expert on French on the show. So thank you so much and uh, uh, for being with us. And uh don't uh, hang up from Skype because I want to chat for two minutes with you uh, after we end our show here. So hang on. Uh, and we're going to end our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, have a great Christmas. Feliz Navidad. And, and David's going to say it in French. David? Yes, okay. Thank, thank you, Tom, for this opportunity. It was great yeah. to chat with you for a while. Uh, Joyeux Noël et bonne fête uh, tout le monde. Okay. Uh, do not hesitate to contact me if you need something or you want to learn something about France and France. I'm sure Tom got my, my details, my email, if you need something. Right. And Enjoy uh, the holidays and have fun with your families and friends. And thank you, Tom, for this opportunity. Okay, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And have a great uh, Navidad and Feliz Año Nuevo a todos ustedes. And have a great, great vacation, everybody. So we'll catch you in 2015. Okay, when uh, we'll talk soon. Que el amor de mí